to the Thousand Stories Podcast. Thanks for being on the show today. Uh, excited for everybody to listen in. Um, we're talking about a uh, pretty sensitive topic in the state of Oklahoma. Um, sensitive because it's um, it's surrounding one of the poorer outcomes in our state. And we have people in our state who are um, intensely focused on solving this problem. And of course, folks who are intensely focused at a broad macro level, but also intensely focused on the ground with the actual people who are impacted directly. And, and that's what we're talking about today. And the, and the topic is female incarceration and the criminal justice system. And um, while most folks won't think that that's one of the thousand incredible stories um, that this podcast is intending to highlight, um, interventions in that system are definitely uh, some of the thousand incredible stories that occur. And so our, our podcast, the Thousand Stories podcast, is intended to highlight stories of really incredible projects and servants and partnerships that are occurring in our communities. And so Remerge here in Oklahoma City is one of those. And so we have Jenna Mori today uh, on the Thousand Stories podcast. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Absolutely honored. I've had the opportunity to visit Remerge a couple of times. And what always strikes me is the, first of all, it's just an incredible place, right? The, the grounds and the facilities are world-class, but what really strikes me is the personal nature of the work. And so that's what I want to get into some today. Uh, but before we do that, I really would like to start and understand who you are a little bit more, what your background is and where you came from and what sort of took you down this path to uh, impacting female incarceration in the criminal justice system? Sure. Well, I've had a little bit of a winding road getting here. Um, I've kind of had two careers, but I grew up in southwest Oklahoma in a really small town, and my dad was actually the executive director of a nonprofit there. He runs a community action agency. And so um, he used to take me out of school and take me to conferences and I would go, instead of going to school, I would go hear about poverty and how to get involved with people's lives. And um, it really bred in me a desire to be a public servant and um, a joy at, at being able to see what changes can, make, can be made in people's lives when you invest in them. And so uh, my mom was a therapist. And so I kind of come to this work um, a little bit naturally. They're both, uh, they're both actually therapists now. And so um, if you think something's wrong with me, it's because I have two therapists as parents. Uh, but I, I thought I was going to go to law school and um, be in public service law. And I ended up, went to OU, and then I got a fellowship that took me to Indonesia for a year. Um, it's the Henry Luce Fellowship, and they send 18 Americans to Asia to live and work at nonprofits and, and other and other agencies around the world. And um, I got the travel bug. <laughs> and so I left that year and went to Switzerland for graduate school. Um, and after that, I decided that if I wanted to work in international development, working with nonprofits, um, that I better go try it somewhere hard. And I moved to Afghanistan, which was supposed to be for three months uh, and ended up being four years. Uh, and then I moved back to Switzerland for a while and I had no intentions of coming back to Oklahoma. Um, but I kind of had what I was working on was 
really going around and, and honing my skills to be an international evaluator and go in and evaluate other programs. Um, and I had this kind of crisis moment where I just knew that it was going to give me the life I wanted in terms of travel um, and, and moving all the time and seeing cool places and adventure. Um, but it was not going to fulfill that public service piece of me that was born when I was really a little girl. Uh, and so I decided to come home and I kind of had to start my career over a little bit because no one understood my resume <laughs> in Oklahoma. <laughs> um, and so I, I moved back in 2015 and um, I've done, done a few things, but I really got into workforce development. Um, and so I uh, worked for the Office of Workforce Development and then for Goodwill and while I was studying and moving, a lot of the work that I did involved women uh, and women's empowerment and, and skill building with women and capacity building. And so when the job for Remerge came up, um, it really was the perfect marriage of uh, being able to invest in people's lives in a really meaningful way um, to help women, which has always been a passion of mine. Um, to kind of bring back that past of being a therapist kid and have therapeutic interventions. Um, and I, it's the best job. I have the best job in Oklahoma City. Um, I love, love, love what I do. I get up every day and just feel invigorated and ready to solve problems. And there's nothing like walking into Remerge and seeing hope in someone's eyes. And it just fills my cup every day. So I love what I do. Wow, that's incredible. So um, that's an it's an amazing winding road, like you <laughs> mentioned, to get here back to from southwest Oklahoma back to Oklahoma City, but all the way around the world to get there. Um, <clears throat> I have so many questions about <laughs> Afghanistan and Switzerland and and all of those, but uh, for for some reason, I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking about your winding road. And then how that connects to your parents and how he, your your father was in nonprofit work and ther in, in therapy and built this this um, intense desire in you to be a public servant. Um, I would like to elevate before we go deeper into Remerge um, that you shared a uh, an experience when you were a kid <laughs> about Southwest Oklahoma, and I I thought that was um, really perfect because. Um, there are lots of, and I'll, I'm going to ask you about it, but there are lots of us who um, see people who have these international experiences and we don't connect with the, you know, their youth and sort of just the human nature of where they came from. But you shared a story of another job that your dad had mm -hmm. when you were growing up and, and that you helped him out at work. Can you share a little bit about that uh, for us? Sure. Um, he also owned a very small radio station in my hometown. And he was smart. He put the 12-year-old to work um, selling advertising because who can say no to an earnest 12-year-old? And uh, I also had a couple of shows. So I had the drive at five with Jenna, and I was telling you that there are only two stoplights in the town, and so <laughs> no one was really driving in. The drive at five was two minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. But it sounded cool. All right, I like it. Uh, um, but then I also had a Saturday morning show, and it was a buy, sell, and trade show. Um you, you said kind of like the old school eBay, and that's a perfect description. But um, so people would call in and buy, sell, and trade things, and I would, you know, run the show. And 
my mom, my dad was very serious about, didn't matter what age I was, about me holding my composure and being professional on the air. My mom is a very mischievous woman, and she would love to call in in different accents and voices and talking about, I got a three-eyed cat with one leg to sell and would try to get me to lose my composure. So uh, thank you for not for not being Debbie Morey today. I appreciate that. Well, speaking of that, we have a caller. No, we don't have a caller. Um, that, I think that's great. Again, um, there are so many people who do great things in our communities and who are truly dedicated public servants, but they all came from somewhere. And uh, I think that helps to bring home that each of us listening can, we can do something in our communities. Um, and it doesn't matter where you came from. The future is, is really, it can be bright and it's based on, you know, the work you put in and the passion that you have. And, uh, I think that's also a really good connection to the work that you do at, at Remerge because, um, our backgrounds don't necessarily mean that's, uh, the trajectory that we have going forward in our lives. And that's, uh, probably illustrated at Remerge better than anywhere else in our communities or as well. And so uh, we'll get to that. But um, ultimately, the, the issue that, that Remerge intends to solve or address is the outcomes associated with um, female incarceration and trying to move upstream and solve for some of those problems. So um, I'd love for you to frame for the audience really um, what, you know, what the issue is. If you, if you have some numbers, that's great in Oklahoma. We all know that the, that the female incarceration issue in Oklahoma is a dramatic one. And uh, so, so give us a, a feel for the scope of that issue. Um, and then I'd also like to talk a little bit about what the outcomes are for families mm-hmm. uh, when mom or sister or wife is, is incarcerated. Sure. So as you know, uh, incarceration rate of women in Oklahoma is incredibly high. We're second in the nation. Um, and that just happened this year. For many, many years, we've been number one in the country. Um, what that does ultimately, so the short answer, is that rips at the very fabric of our community. Um, when women are incarcerated, they are often facing, they didn't get there in a vacuum, and it usually wasn't just one bad decision. It's been um, a lifelong journey to get there often. And when they're incarcerated, they're not getting any better. None of those problems are getting solved. And so what happens to our community is that when they're released, they don't have the skills that they need. They may still be, they may have white knuckled it through substance use issues. Um, but once they're out, none of those patterns or behaviors changed. Um, they are, it's hard to get employed, especially with a record. Um, they're very often been ripped from their families and their children. Um, and so those relationships are in ruin oftentimes. Um, and what that does is lead people back into the cycles of addiction, poverty, and incarceration. And that is what Remerge is attempting to fix. Um, so we take cases, we, we serve mothers with felony charges who without our help um, would be, they very often had multiple uh, justice involvement run-ins. Um, we're not the first stop on, on their train. Um, they, some might consider the women that we serve hopeless. Um, they have serious substance use issues generally, um, high trauma, high mental, co-occurring mental health needs, and, but they're not hopeless. 
Um, what they need is an opportunity to change, and they need holistic, um, very uh, serious intervention in their lives. And so we, we laugh at Remerge that we're going to get all up in your business, and we do, <laughs> in every area of their lives. Um, and so we work on providing holistic care for them in terms of parenting skills, addiction recovery, uh, getting them a GED, getting their health and wellness in order. Many of them have not been to a doctor maybe since they had their last baby. Um, we work with them on um, learning job skills and getting employed and finding safe and stable housing. So really working on recovery capital in every area of their life. Um, one of the biggest ones is self-worth. Often that self-worth has just been decimated. And so the first six months that you're at Remerge, it's kind of overwhelming because when you walk in, we're like, we love you. We're <laughs> cheering for you. You got this. Um, and oftentimes that is not, that's been completely absent in someone's life. And so we step in and we're their support system and hold them and walk beside them when they can't hold themselves up. Um, and we just, we're a place of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. And we're just going to stick with them. I don't want to make it sound to the audience like it's all love and rainbows because it is, but it is, it's a lot of hard work that these women are putting in to change the, to completely change their lives. And there's a lot of accountability built into our program um, so that we can help provide them structure that maybe they have not ever had before. And so we uh, feel very privileged to get to do the work that we do and to be involved in people's lives this way. But truly for the women that we serve, incarceration is absolutely not the answer. And I don't want to live in a community where my neighbor um, is let out of incarceration and upon reentry is doomed to fall back into the same old traps because she's never had treatment. I want to live in a community where we are serving people to give them the tools to create healthy families, to be stably employed, to be tax contributors, to be happy and healthy and raising kids that are happy and healthy. That's the community that I want. And, and that's what we're trying to be in our community is to provide that opportunity. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so I, you, you've walked through sort of all of the programs or a lot of the programs that you provide <clears throat> and the interventions. How does a, a, a mom or a, sis, or a sister or a wife, how does a, how does a female become initially referred to Remerge? What does that process look like? Where are they in the criminal justice system when they, are, when they come to you? So a woman that comes to us is, like I said, she's been charged with a felony. Okay. Um, they're facing an average of seven years. Um, they are any, any person who gets a diversion program, so mental health court, veterans court, Remerge, drug court, uh, all of those are referred by the district attorney for diversion. And Remerge takes the highest risk, highest need clients. So if you're a mother, you have a felony charge, and there's an assessment that's done um, by the Department of Mental Health. And if you score uh, high on that, on that assessment, then you are referred to Remerge. Um, Remerge, I can't think of an instance when we don't take someone who's referred to us um, because we believe that everyone is worthy and capable of rehabilitation. Um, and so really anyone that the district attorney's office refers to us, we're investing in. Hmm, that's great. So uh, how long has Remerge been around and roughly how many of those women have come through the doors uh, of Remerge? We're in our 11th year. Um, so we're still a little bit of a new organization, but 
Uh, we've graduated 154 graduates, and they have a combined um, 372 children. We've saved the state of Oklahoma about $35 million over that time um, and kept a lot of families together. Um, additionally, I think there are long-term outcomes to remerge for our community. So a mother, when a child's mother goes to prison, and that child is seven times more likely to go to prison themselves. And so our goal uh, is not only to help that individual mother, but to change the cycle for generations. Mm -hmm. So uh, 154 graduates, <clears throat> If I think you said the average was something like facing seven years. Mm -hmm. So that's potentially a th roughly a thousand years yes. of uh, women who would have been otherwise in jail, but now be or in prison, but now because of the program, they're out and they are active participants in our communities. They are moms again, uh, raising their children, attempting to break cycles. What what an incredible um, uh, legacy for the organization to leave. What's the the rough recidivism rate? I mean, do you, you have the, that data? I do. So we only have a 4% recidivism wow. rate. Um, the state of Oklahoma's recidivism rate is 20%. So we are less expensive than sending someone to prison um, and we have better outcomes. So um, we think that we're worth investing in for sure. That's incredible. Um, so of course, you've got the, the impact, the direct impact on the, the mom and the, the client themselves. But you did touch a little bit on the family impact as well. And, you know, we are, as a community, are learning so much about adverse childhood experiences and uh, toxic stress and trauma in our kids and the long-term impact that has on their health and mental health and the outcomes for kids. And we also know that one of the 10 traditional, the definition of, of adverse childhood experience, one of the 10 traditional um, definitions includes having a parent who's incarcerated. And so um, I would love to, to maybe unpack a little bit the impact that having a mom in jail means for a young child. Um, we see it frequently, of course, because we deal with the, the fallout from a parent not being around sometimes. But um, are there services that Remerge helps to connect Family. So when when mom is going through the first of all, how long does it take for mom to typically to go through the program? It takes about two years. Okay, it's a two wow two year program and during but they're but they're out they're not uh, it, it's not inpatient right or it's no. they're in the community mm -hmm. during that so period. So we're a four phase program and during the first uh, phase of our program, which is roughly ninety days, uh, they are in supervised housing twenty four seven, and then. In their next phase, they move to sober living, and we have wonderful sober living partners all over the community who help us provide safe housing for our moms. Um, after that, in phase th three, they are able to move into independent housing. And then in phase four, that phase is really about proving that you're ready to graduate. And so it's a six-month-long phase. They're coming to program a little bit less. They're working. Um, by the time they graduate, they are reunited with their kiddos. They are stably employed, which means that they've been employed for um, at the same place for at least three months. They're in affordable housing that they can continue to pay for, and so they're not in, in terms they're not in a housing crisis when they graduate, uh, and they're sober, and their charges are eligible to be dropped. So. 
Um, they really get to go on and be the moms that they wanted to be and live the lives they deserve. And um, it's it's pretty incredible to see what can happen. Like I said, a lot of people, if you were just to look at a rap sheet for some of our moms or first meet them when the first day they walk through the door, you might think that's a hopeless case. Um, but it's really, really incredible what can happen when you provide intensive services for two years. Um, absolutely it is. And so during that two-year period, uh, families are going about their business. Um, <clears throat> what resources um, or services are the families able to access to help be supportive of mom when she sort of comes back into their lives? So as you know, yeah. um, <laughs> we have a strengthening families department, and we were recently um, very lucky to receive some funding from DHS with the new TANF investment strategy. Um, currently, our programming for moms, so when a mom comes in the program, um, we start and create a, a family reunification plan, and we bring in, also bring in partners or guardians and start trying to have meetings with those family members. A lot of those relationships have been damaged, um, and some of them need to be let go to for mom to stay healthy, and so that's part of the work we do is helping to assess um where the repairs need to happen and maybe where the breaks need to happen. Um, we also start working on child reunification um, with our with our moms, and about twenty five percent of our cases of our moms have an open DHS case, um, which I think might surprise people. Uh, but a lot of a lot of our kiddos are with family members or in guardianship situations. Um, Typically, I, I want to talk in a minute kind of about how a mom might get to remerge, which I think t talks a little bit, speaks a little bit to the family dynamics that can happen. But typically, there's a lot of mistrust with family members. Um, and so we work, again, alongside them to start putting, putting trust back in that trust bank. So showing a part of, and part of that is teaching them to show up when they say they're going to show up even to program, even if that family member won't speak to them yet. Show up every day. Do the next right thing. I know it's hard. Do the next right thing. Um, and so really helping them build up that trust bank so that when it's time, when enough time has passed, um, that they are able to come and say, look at all these. I have, I am changing. Look at all these things I've been doing consistently. Um, and so that is helpful for us as well. Um, we're really excited with the new TNF investment money. We're going to get to do some really cool things for our families that we haven't been able to do. So uh, we are going to have couples counseling for, for our moms who are in relationships. A lot of times um, our moms have been in addiction with their partners and their, our moms are getting better and they're on this upward trajectory, but their partner is still down here. And um, it's human nature to want to pull someone back down to the status quo where you're comfortable. And so we see a lot of that happening. Um, that's honestly one of the biggest reasons for our moms to relapse is their partner is still not healthy. And so we're going to be working with our, with our couples on how to share the same language and create healthy boundaries and what a healthy relationship looks like and referring partners to services if they also need services. And um, we're also going to be able to provide in-home coaching so um, our, our moms already get parenting classes when they're with us, but we're not there to step in and say, hey, in this situation, what if you did this differently? Or your kids, your, your kitchen's really messy. 
how can you how can your kid not feel like they're in chaos? And so helping to step in um, and create stability and healthy relationships in the moment is going to be crucial to us. Um, and then we're also really excited. You talked a lot about ACEs. And so we are going to have a fund that is going to provide PACEs um, for our mom's kiddos. And so getting helping them build those protective factors. So um, getting a kid on a soccer team that maybe a mom could never afford. And now they have a coach who's cheering for them and they feel successful in something and they have teammates and camaraderie. Those are things that are, have been proven um, to build protective factors and to diminish the trauma of those ACEs. And so we're really pumped to be able to do that for our, for our kiddos. <clears throat> That's um, wonderful. Also, the uh, what comes to mind is you as you shared, or a question that comes to mind as you shared that about, uh, you know, sometimes moms can't even afford to put, you know, have their child on a soccer team. And that's uh, just an element of, of normal life that so many of us experience, but that many don't have the opportunity to do that. Um, I would love to know if you can think of any stories that come to mind of, of moms who've been through the program. They don't necessarily have to have put their kids on a soccer team, but yeah. it, it humanized it for me. And I would love to I'd love to know if you could humanize that the the work for for our sure. audience. Sure. Um, one of the times when I knew I'd really made headway was with someone. Uh, so I had a client come in, and I just started at Remerge two years ago. But I had a client come into my office. I didn't know her really yet. I was very new, and she just plopped down in the seat in front of my desk and said, "Hey." This is my name, but don't worry about memorizing it because I'm not going to be here for long. I'm a runner. I've always been a runner, so don't plan. On, don't even bother getting to know me. And about um, six months ago, she came back into my office and she said, "Jenna, I'm in college. I'm enrolled in college, and I have a car, and my baby is with me full time. And I'm just, I, and I said, are you so proud of yourself?" And she said, I'm so proud of myself. And I said, do you remember what you said to me a year ago? And she was like, no. And I said, you told me I shouldn't even worry about getting to know me because you're a runner. And I was like, that's not who you are anymore, is it? And she said, no, that's not even close to who I am anymore. And um, I get to hear stories like that all day. Um, we've put eight people, eight women through coding camp recently. Um, so we're really focused on getting women employed. It gives them a, and not just employed, but employed in, in meaningful careers. Um, it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them financial stability, but it's so fun to see them. I just had a client come through. And so after they finished coding camp, we got them all internships at tech companies here in Oklahoma city. And I had a, I asked her, how's your internship going? And she was like, I am learning. And then she started talking about like all the stuff that she was learning that sounds like, like cussing to me. I told her, you better quit cussing at me. Um, no idea what she's talking about. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that is really cool. Um, and she, her eyes lit up and you could see like the, the vibrations of pride were just pouring off of her. And this company is putting her through um, a, another tech training, and then they have long-term plans to hire her on. And so we get to just, they're accomplishing so much. Every week we celebrate, we have, if anyone wants to come, the public's welcome to come and experience some joy on a Thursday morning. 
Um, but at 9.30 on Thursday, we celebrate. We have Celebrating Life's Achievements, Progresses, and Successes, and CLAPS for short. Okay. And uh, we do. We, we basically hoot and holler for them um, for about 30 minutes every Thursday morning. And it's really about celebrating those little bitty milestones that they're making. So I got a promotion or I got a raise or I got reunified with my kiddos or I got more visitation or I got a driver's license. And I've never had one. I've never had an ID. Um, That's amazing. Uh, the uh, the as you were saying that, I kept thinking about those. We're, so we're a, uh, a hope centered organization, and uh, utilizing the science of hope, we understand that the that remerge is a pathway for somebody to reach their goals. But hope begets hope, and so those little milestones are such building blocks for absolutely. us really getting down the pathway to to the goals that we've set for ourselves. And so that the the idea of, of you know, clapping for somebody on Thursday mornings may seem small, uh, a driver's license and, <clears throat> and, you know, those sorts of things. But, but without those little wins, the big wins don't happen. Absolutely. And oftentimes I think it's hard for us who haven't lived uh, in their shoes. It can be hard to imagine the blinders that are on in terms of what is possible in their lives and what health looks like what healthy relationships look like. A lot of our moms, many of our moms have been in over 20 years of addiction. It starts when they're children. Um, and so they don't know any different. They don't, they truly don't know what it looks like to have a healthy relationship or to be proud of yourself or um, how to make a phone call to a state agency to get the paperwork done, to get the ID that you need. And so we really are, um, a lot of times it's, they are arrested in their development at the age that they started using. And so it really is coming back and doing some of that reparenting and teaching them things that most of us were lucky enough to learn um, by from modeling from our parents. And so um, it's, it's fun to celebrate those small wins. And those small wins add up to big gains. Um. So at the end of the at the end of somebody's experience with with Remerge, uh, the two year program, you'll have a graduation. We do. <clears throat> and so tell us about the graduation. They're the most fun events. So um, we they're there with their families and their kiddos are there, and our community partners who help make this possible and funders are there and board members and and we before COVID we generally had a standing room only crowd of about four hundred people um, showing up to celebrate their successes and. So they each, if they elect to, most of them do, um, give get up and give their graduation speech. And it really is um, telling their story of, you know, here's what my life used to be. Here's what my life is now. This is what I deserve. This is what I'm worth. This is the mom that I want to be. And I just, I boohoo every time. <laughs> I just have to, yeah, make sure I have the Kleenexes. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, I like to say that, um Remerge is not the savior of these women. They're their own savior. We provide the scaffolding for them to build their own building. Um, and it's really incredible what they do. It's hard work and it takes courage to change your life like that. That's a beautiful way to put it. Um, the, what I love about the sort of seemingly the, some of the next steps for Remerge is, is deeper relationship beyond uh, graduation because um, we all know that that life happens and, and relapse happens and all of those things happen. And I mean, although with a 4% recidivism rate, it doesn't happen as much as you may think it, it would. 
Um, but it takes, uh, but the the sort of post graduation work takes a lot of partnership, uh, and of course the the pre graduation work does too. Uh, but I would love to know sort of who your core partners are in the work. Um, you know, you are located on a campus with lots of other great providers nearby. Uh, so who are those that you work closely with, maybe on that campus, but off campus and, and just some of, some of those partners in the world? Sure. Well, we work with over 40 partners in our community. And when I say work with, I mean heavily depend on. Um, they come in and help provide classes and resources and all kinds of things that without them, you know, we're able to really leverage our resources together. Um, and without them, we just could not have the impact that we have on our mom's lives. But um, specifically, our close, some of our closest partnerships, Sunbeam um, has a Head Start Center on our campus. So we get to see the baby parade when it's rainy, and it's really fun. Um, we partner really closely with NorthCare. So they provide all of our therapy. Um, they actually have a therapist embedded at Remerge. And so she does all of our group therapy and kind of... Um, kind of drive-by therapy is what we call it, so really try helping to de-escalate in the moment. But then they also walk over to North Care, which is so nice having them so close. Um, they can just walk over to North Care and do their individual therapy at North Care. Um, and then we work really close. A Chance to Change is going to be coming in and doing therapy for our moms with the uh, TANF investment funding. Um, Positive Tomorrows is our next-door neighbor, and our moms are technically considered homeless when they join our program, and so we can send kiddos over there um, to go to school. And we really, we have a ton of, I, I'm only naming a few. If I, sure. I, we could talk for the next hour Absolutely about our partnerships. But, um, oh, I, I should mention, though, our when I said our women are housed the first 90 days, they're at first step. Okay. Um, and so with those partnerships, we're able to, if we didn't have that remerge, is right now running about a two and a half million dollar budget. That's almost, almost all from private funds. We do have we have some SNAP funding and some TANF funding from DHS. But um, <coughs> if we didn't have all those partnerships, we'd probably be a ten million dollar. We'd probably need. <laughs> I don't know sure. if we could raise it, but we'd yeah. probably need uh, about ten million a year. So um, Oklahoma City is a really cool place to work in terms of partnering. I love being a part of this nonprofit community. Um, there really is a willingness to share resources and ideas and um, work together for the benefit of our shared clients. So um, we've, we've talked a lot about where you came from, where sort of Remerge fits in on uh, working to address uh, the issues of uh, female incarceration and the ripple effect to families. Um, it's just dramatic, the, the wonderful outcomes that you all have experienced. What, um, what's the future that you see um, with Remerge, um, sort of the next big thing? And then if you were to go even bigger, like what's, the, what's that big, hairy, audacious goal that, uh, <laughs> that you, would, you would put out there that maybe you are almost afraid to say it out loud? Oh. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I put you on the spot first by <laughs> by asking uh, who the partners are. I'm not going to ask you who like your best friend is, but but but, but like, what's the future? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's the future for the organization? And then what's the the big thing that you would like yeah. to do? 
So you talked a little bit about aftercare mm-hmm. um, earlier, and I don't think I addressed that. That's one of the things that we're focused on in the future. So we, we've been growing our aftercare program, um, which we call Remerge Continuing Care, and it's crucial. Um, you are 100% more likely to succeed in your recovery if you are part of an aftercare group. And so it's crucial. Um, and we continue to, to grow services and opportunities for our graduates to come back and and be a part of our, have fun with us, but also be a place, you know, where if they have a stumble, there's no judgment. Um, and they we're, we're their family. So we call them the strong squad. And they're a member of the strong squad for life. And they can always come home to Remerge uh, for assistance. And we, we actually have some funds set aside um, to be able to help them in an emergency. So if they got a flat tire um, and it's going to cost, you know, they can't get to work, it's going to cost them their job, then we'll step in and, and help cover that emergency fund so that they can be in, in stability. Um, so growing that is going to continue to be a huge part of our future. Um, this year we're excited. We're working really hard to increase our numbers to 60 women serve. So right now we serve about 50 women at a time. Um, we're moving to serve about 60 women at a time. Um, and so we're we're excited about that. We know that there are people sitting in Oklahoma County Jail that could use Remerge services that maybe aren't able to get them. So we're, we're working hard to do that. Um, and I mentioned earlier our workforce initiatives. So our goal um, in the, over the next three years is to get all of our moms in Fifteen hour, uh, $15 an hour jobs, um, and to have them 100% in a career pathway plan of their choosing where they're stable and, and in a career pathway and an in-demand occupation in Oklahoma um, so that they have some job stability as well and, and have careers that are meaningful to them. Um, that's a lot of work in terms of building partnerships and building trust with employers and helping. Uh, so we run what we call fair chance, a fair chance employer network. Um, and we try to train employers on what it's like to hire people with criminal justice involvement in their backgrounds and be helpful, be a resource to those employers as well. Um, so we're going to continue to, this is our big year to really go out and try to recruit some more employers. Um, our moms make great employees. They're excited to have a job. Um, they're finding great purpose in their work and, they have us standing behind them, um, you know, as a support. And so most if you're hiring someone, I'm making my pitch to your audience to be it. a hey, fair chance employer. Go for it. If you're hiring someone off the street, you don't necessarily know that they're sober and that they have a support system and um, that there's going to be accountability for them showing up. And so we're, we're working really hard to recruit new employers. Um, my big hairy dream. Yep. <laughs> uh, so obviously... There are a few things that we could do. Um, My big hairy dreams are to one, if we had the funding um, to run a misdemeanor project um, so that we catch people maybe before they are institutionalized quite as much or as involved in the system. Um, It's really heartbreaking right now to have, we have parents of, of women come up to our building sometimes and ask, can you please help my daughter I can't, we don't know what else to do. And we heard such good things about your program. And it's a heartbreaking thing to say, do you have a felt? does she have a felony? And they say, no, she has a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that those people need intervention, um, you know, just as much as the next person. And so, but to do that and to do that right, you need a whole separate team of professionals 
because you don't want to be mixing your populations. Um, so that would be what an dream. incredible dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another is, you know, we know that I grew up in Southwest Oklahoma um, for people who have backgrounds like the women of Remerge, um, there are no resources out there. You're stuck. And so uh, my, my big, big hairy dream um, is to be able to expand. Um, and there are some barriers to that, but I'm, I'm a big believer that with some positivity and creativity and partnership, we could, we could overcome those. Um, and I would love to be able to serve communities where there maybe aren't as many resources uh, and be able to provide that same hope and opportunity for, for people that maybe just because of geography um, aren't getting to change their lives. Wow. Well, those are, um, this is an inspiring story, uh, wonderful dreams. Um, and uh, we're rooting for you for sure. How can the public find you, find Remerge uh, online? Like what are, the, what are the ways that they can reach out? Yeah, you can get involved with our social media. So we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. Um, we have a website. It's remergeok.org. Um, you can visit our website. Um, you can order cookies. So we run a social enterprise um, where when our moms first come in, they're learning some of those early workplace skills and um, they make cookies and they do all the social media and, uh, for the website and all of those things. And so you can always support our moms and their efforts. We pay them to do that work. And so that's what the cookies funds go right back into paying for that program. Um, and you can, you can get online at catalystcookies.org and order you some, they're delicious. Uh, <laughs> I don't need any more cookies, but, uh, yeah. So those are ways, uh, we would love to have you at graduation. It truly is. We have two a year and it truly is the most cool event in town. Um, it's amazing to see what can happen. And I, I think if you don't cry like me, you'll at least have, you'll at least have tingles. So, um, we invite anyone who would like to come be a part of that to come as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining the thousand stories podcast today. Um, coming from the beginnings of uh, our, our radio waves in southwest Oklahoma um, on the drive time at five with Jenna uh, <laughs> to the Thousand Stories podcast. Um, to me, it was a really great illustration of the fact that our past does not predict our future. Absolutely. And uh, all of us have the opportunity to overcome uh, challenges and barriers that have, have kept us from, from reaching our own personal levels of success. And um, thank you so much, not just for being here, but for really being a, a servant in our communities. And uh, I encourage anybody who has the opportunity and the means to reach out and to be supportive of Remerge uh, to do so. It's a, it's a wonderful organization serving a uh, really high need in Oklahoma. So thank you for joining the Thousand Stories podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I truly, to have an advocate like you supporting our work um, is instrumental. And I personally want to thank you for that. Um, we're, we're very grateful to have a champion in you for what we do and to be able to tell our story to your audience and um, for caring about the lives of our moms and their kiddos. And so we just, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much.